I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Welcome back for another Monday Mindset Minute. So for today's Monday Mindset Minute, we're going to talk a little bit about parenting and boundaries. It's interesting to me because questions about parenting come in waves. For a while, when I first started the podcast, I had lots and lots of questions about parenting and then nothing, which is fair because not everybody has that as a struggle or at least has that in the forefront of their mind. But lately, I have been getting a lot of requests from folks to talk about parenting and boundaries. And so that's what I really wanted to do today. If you do, if you feel like this maybe doesn't apply to you or you don't have children, I would keep listening because sometimes we can take advice about parenting and use that to, one, identify some reasons why we engage in some of the behaviors that we engage in today, given what happened to us, our history, our experiences, and two, we can use this information as tools to help us reparent ourselves. So the first thing I'm going to talk about today are the three different kinds of parenting, excuse me, four different types of parenting styles that maybe you can come across when you're trying to look at how you've been parented or how you currently parent your children. Once we talk about parenting styles, we're going to go into maybe things that contribute to having these different parenting styles and then talk about the significance of boundaries in the life of a child. Okay, so four different styles of parenting. First one is authoritarian. Second style is authoritative. The third style is permissive parenting. And the fourth style is uninvolved or neglectful parenting. So let's define these, right? The first style of parenting, authoritarian parenting, can be defined by parents that are highly demanding and directive, but they tend to be low on responsiveness to a child. So maybe an authoritarian parent, for example, would set a strict rule and expect an unquestioned obedience. Like, you just have to do it. Discipline is strict, and there's little room for negotiation or flexibility. The outcome of authoritarian parenting is children who maybe they develop good discipline, but they have oftentimes low self-esteem, low social confidence, and issues with problem-solving. Authoritative parenting is the second style we'll discuss today. Authoritative parents are both demanding and responsible. Responsive. They set clear expectations and rules, but they're also able to provide that warmth, support, and open communication that a child really needs and benefits from. Authoritative parents are more willing to explain the reasoning behind the rules to encourage independence. So the outcome of this is that these children... They tend to have higher self-esteem, higher social competence, and academic success. They also develop good decision-making skills because they've been given the opportunity to experience choice and consequence within a given set of rules versus, you know, not being told that to just being told to just follow a rule that's very strict without having that, you know, in that authoritarian uh, parenting perspective, without having that parenting responsiveness and explanation. The third style we're going to talk about today is permissive parenting. Permissive parents are high on responsiveness, so really responsive, but low on demandingness. 
So we can describe permissive parents as lenient, indulgent. They avoid setting strict rules. And they're more likely to be friends than authority figures, which allows the child a lot of freedom. The outcome of permissive parenting, it's tough. You know, children raised in permissive households may struggle with self-control and have difficulty following rules. They might also experience challenges with academic performance, and they might exhibit more behavioral problems. There's the fourth parenting style, which is super sad, and it is uninvolved or neglectful parenting. Uninvolved parents are low both on responsiveness and demandingness. They provide very little emotional support, set few or no rules, and are generally disengaged from their children's lives. And the outcome of neglectful parenting is that these children experience a range of negative outcomes, low self-esteem, poor academic performance, and difficulties forming healthy relationships. So these parenting styles are actually broad categories. So definitely want to understand that there are individual differences and there could be a mix of styles displayed by one parent in different situations. There are also cultural and contextual factors factors that we really have to think about. The parenting style that's often associated with the most positive outcome in children is authoritative. You know, which but it's essential to consider your unique needs and have a balanced approach that's warm, effective, that promotes healthy development in a child. So you can see that's what we want to strive for here is this authoritative parenting. Now, having BPD or in another disorder of emotion regulation makes it very difficult for someone to have a consistent parenting style. Oftentimes, I find that, you know, even for myself, I started out with a permissive parenting style, well, lenient, indulgent, avoid setting strict rules. I was, you know, I had this mentality that I didn't want my child to just blindly follow a rule and I was going to be friends with him, right, until that didn't work anymore and rules weren't being followed and my tolerance for that discomfort would build and then all of a sudden it would be authoritarian, like you need to do the thing that I say. And going back and forth between permissive and authoritarian parenting actually did have that outcome of like my child had experienced challenges with academic performance and had behavioral problems when he was really young. So when I switched to really practicing this consistent authoritative parenting style. Now we have social competence. Now we're having academic success. Now we're having and experiencing like higher self-esteem and better decision-making skills because having that consistent presentation of a demanding and responsive parenting gives this warmth and support and open communication to our son, allowing him to grow and flourish and gain you know, a sense of autonomy in the world versus, you know, what was happening before, which is him not knowing what his boundaries were. And that's really the crux of what I wanted to talk about today is, you know, boundaries, because we have to start somewhere with parenting, right? So you have the parenting styles and you definitely want to take a moment to pause the podcast, go back and re-listen to it, kind of look into these parenting styles if you need to, and then figure out where do you fall? Or, like I said before, if you don't have children, where did your parents fall and do you, can you relate with those outcomes? And if you're parenting yourself, how are you going to parent yourself? Is it going to be authoritarian or is it going to be more authoritative in the way that you speak to yourself? Where you do have boundaries and rules that you expect of yourself 
And you're also going to have a curious and compassionate and empathetic, you know, kind of worldview towards yourself and, and compassion towards yourself. So really try to categorize yourself so that you can then start figuring out where you want to lay and how you're going to uh, pave a path to get there. So let's talk about boundaries in parenting, right? So boundaries are very important with kids, right? What's a boundary? A boundary sets the space between where you end and other people begin. Again, a boundary sets the space between where you end and other people begin. With parenting, boundaries could be very simple as when you're doing something and your child comes in to interrupt you, you say, excuse me, wait a moment, instead of getting frustrated, flustered, dropping everything, right? You're beginning to teach the child what it means when you have something that you have on your mind that you want to do and they have something that they have in their mind. It teaches them to respect your space, your time, etc. right? So what happens to a child who doesn't have good boundaries? Well, the connection between lack of boundaries and increased anxiety in children has been studied, you know, for many, many years. Boundaries play a crucial role in child's development. It provides them with, with a sense of security, structure, and predictability. Some of the most insecure children that I've ever met are children who don't have boundaries that are clear and consistent. They may experience a range of uh, difficulties, excuse me, that can contribute to anxiety. So I just want to give you some reasons why a lack of boundary can lead, boundaries can lead to an increased anxiety in children. So today we're going to talk about how not having boundaries is impactful. So the first thing that we want to think about is insecurity and lack of safety. So if your child is struggling at school or maybe they have a diagnosis or the teacher's calling you a lot and they're having just a difficult time fitting in, no matter their age, you, you know, before you look at diagnosis, I want, you to, I want to challenge you today to look at whether or not the parenting style and the outcome is true and whether or not better boundaries have to be put into place to create an environment for safety for your child. Because boundaries create a sense of safety and security for children. Without clear boundaries, children may feel uncertain and insecure and that would lead them to increased anxiety. Boundaries also help children understand what is expected of them and what behavior is acceptable. Without clear guidelines, children may feel confused and uncertain, and that contributes to their anxiety. So the second consequence of poor boundaries is uncertainty and confusion. The third consequence of poor boundaries in parenting is lack of emotional regulation. Hmm, interesting, right? Clear boundaries provide a framework for emotional regulation. Children who are raised without boundaries struggle to understand and manage their emotions, leading to heightened anxiety. The fourth consequence here of inconsistent boundaries is that they can result in unpredictable consequences. So with inconsistent expectations, there's unpredictable consequences for a child, and that makes them become anxious when they're unsure about how their actions will be received or what consequences to expect, right? Because an inconsistent expectation and a lack of a clear boundary has a child in a position where they have to find that boundary. So if you have a child who has, you know, you, you have a household like this and the child, you know, takes the tantrum to a new level, consider whether or not they're trying to find that boundary. 
because they don't know what consequence to expect and they don't know how their action will be received. Boundaries are also essential for teaching children about appropriate social behavior. Without these guidelines, children can struggle in social situations, leading to anxiety in social interactions. I know that one of the things that I struggled with in social interactions is understanding socially appropriate behavior because in my household, behavior was unpredictable, moods were labile, so it was difficult for me to understand how to interact socially. Boundaries also help children understand their responsibilities and their limits. Without these, children may feel overwhelmed because they have unclear expectations, which contributes to anxiety about their role and responsibility. But setting good boundaries actually helps children have a sense of of responsibility. They can feel a sense of purpose. They know what's expected in their role and responsibility, and then they can make decisions based on that. And then the final consequence I wanted to talk about today about boundaries is that Boundaries actually contribute to the development of self-discipline, and without it, there's a lack of self-discipline because children without clear boundaries may struggle with impulse control and self-regulation, which can lead to increased anxiety. And I know, again, these things, they kind of rang true for me is and, and our family as these are things that I've talked about before, right? If I didn't have impulse control and I didn't have good self-regulation and I had inconsistent boundaries, then what then was I giving to my child? Now, that wasn't my intention, right? So if your intention is to be a good parent, that's great, and that's why we're here. So we have to be willing to seek information and to be open-minded to find a pathway there. And, you know, many people will call me and say, I think my child has BPD, or my child's just like me. And I, you know, I just want to caution you. First, we want to look at what's the, what environment am I offering to my child? Do I want to be their best friend? And then, then do I want to stop being their best friend as soon as they're frustrating me because they're not doing the thing that I asked them to do? That's really important. Or also, do you have a mentality that you've come into the situation about parenting with where you think, I can't give my child a rule because I've been abused by rules in the past? And when that happens to me, when I've been abused by rules in the past, I want my child to not blindly follow a rule, which... I understand where you're coming from with that. Of course, like that probably was deeply painful for you, 100%. And it's also true that if you have an authoritative parenting style, it's a different kind of feel than authoritarian, which is like, do what I say and don't ask questions. Authoritative is saying, these are the rules that we need to have in our household because we're a family and we're a team. And as a team, we have to have rules that govern our behavior. This is a framework from which we can rule the world. And if you have a question about that, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. If you have a concern or if you spot something that doesn't make sense to you, we're going to talk about it. And we're going to explain our behavior and explain our intention so that you understand that the rules that we have are not to harm you. They're to help all of us, right? And that in that set of rules, you have choices, you have responsibilities, you have a role, you have a framework that you really can follow. Okay, so look at your parenting style. Start to identify whether some of the behaviors that are concerning you and your children are some of the outcomes that I talk about. And then really try to absorb why it is so important to have boundaries in your home. You want to create a situation where your child 
has an idea about self-discipline, has a sense of responsibility, has an idea of how to engage in a social interaction, knows what to expect, understands how to notice and name their emotions, doesn't have uncertainty or confusion, and feels safe and secure. They feel like their needs are going to be taken care of. If somebody asks them to do something hard, that they'll also explain it. They won't get punished for existing, right? You really want to cultivate that kind of environment with your child. And, you know, thinking about for yourself, you want to question why is this, if, if this is an issue for me, why is this an issue for me? And a lot of parents have different reasons for not emphasizing or believing in boundaries, for their children. There are some common factors that we can talk about, like cultural or a family background, because cultural traditions, family traditions, they definitely influence parenting styles. In some cultures or families, there may be a more permissive approach to parenting without strict boundaries. And if that works for that parent, that's great. But if in your household, you're getting this outcome of a child, right? Remember the outcome of permissive parenting, a child that has self-control issues and has difficulty following the rules, somebody who has challenges in school with academic performance, they might exhibit some behavioral problems. So you want to think, if this isn't serving me, what can I do differently? Another one could just be lack of knowledge. Some people don't even know the importance of boundaries in child development, which I find a lot in my work, and that's really why I wanted to start this episode this way today. So if you have education and knowledge about effective parenting strategies, that can really help to play a significant role shaping those practices. Personal upbringing is also a big one because parents draw from their experiences growing up. So I was raised in an an environment that had minimal emphasis on boundaries that were consistent, that was labile, that was intense, you know, and I turned out to have issues because of it. But if a parent was raised in an environment with a minimal emphasis on boundaries and they turned out, quote unquote, fine, you know, maybe you might not see that it's necessary to have strict boundaries with their own children. So you really want to look at what your children needs, not where you came from or what's comfortable to you. Another one is a big fear that the the relationship will be strained. Some people worry that their kids will like hate them if they set boundaries. And they also fear that if you enforce a rule that it could lead to conflict or make your children dislike you. But remember, our goal isn't to get our children to like us. That sounds silly, right? Our goal is to keep our children safe and secure and to teach them how to be good independent adults so that they can grow up one day, leave us, and then be able to come back and share in a deep connected relationship with us. So if our focus is to get our children to like us, we're going to really miss the mark on, on some key points. Another one is that people often see boundaries as restrictive so that maybe it believes you believe that if you give your child more freedom, that will foster independence. And maybe you're concerned that if you set boundaries, that's going to stifle your kid's creativity or like hinder their ability to make decisions. But again, remember that anything, you know, development is like, you know, building a house. You want to go brick by brick by brick. So eventually one day more freedom would foster independence, right? Like, as a teenager into that area of life, but not as a young child, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, right? More freedom fosters more insecurity and more anxiety, creating behavioral issues and, you know, maybe things that look like diagnoses when really this child requires this safety, security, boundaries, clear expectation, right? 
Another one is lack of consistency. And I feel like that's probably, you know, a really big one for a lot of people that it's hard to be consistent. If it's hard to be consistent in recovery, it's very hard to be consistent in terms of like enforcing boundaries. So if you struggle with consistency in your own life, you're going to find it challenging, obviously, to establish and maintain boundaries effectively in your home. And so that's why this parenting and your recovery work, it really should be complementing it. You know, they really should be complementing one another, excuse me, because the work that you're doing in your treatment and your recovery, whether it be your DBT, your CBT, your ACT, working on coaching, working on MBT, all of that really pairs quite nicely with raising a child because essentially the work you're doing is reparenting, right? Raising yourself over again with the appropriate limits, the appropriate demandingness on your time, on your moral values, and the appropriate responsiveness to yourself, which is very hard. So it can go really beautifully hand in hand if you're willing to open your mind to incorporate that. Can be overwhelming, but it's, you know, work with your provider to create a plan. Another one is parental stress or overwhelm. So if you face high levels of stress or overwhelm, it could be really difficult to establish and enforce boundaries. So in these cases, you want you might find yourself prioritizing peace over the challenge associated with setting limits. And I understand that. So what I suggest is you find a parenting plan and you put it up on your wall and you stick to it. I love the one, two, three magic. I've mentioned it before. It's absolutely, you know, to me, it's a positive parenting. You say, you know, you have some rules. Rule number one, no hitting, right? Or keep hands and feet to yourself. Keep your hands and feet to yourself or have nice hands and feet, kind hands and feet. And then when that child, let's say you have a young child, three, four years old, they hit their brother, they're upset, so they hit their brother, they hit you, and you say, okay, that's one. You need to have nice hands and feet, quiet hands. And then they hit you again, that's two. And then they hit you again, that's three. Then that child would go into timeout for their age. And what you're doing there is you're actually just teaching a boundary. This is a boundary we can't hit. I don't have to be upset at you. I don't have to be frustrated with you. I'm just going to show you that we can't do that, and then we're going to come back and we're going to move on. Now, if that doesn't resonate with you, there are lots of different positive parenting techniques. I love Dr. Laura Markham. I've talked about her before. She has the website AHA Parenting. You can check her out. I also love the, the No Drama Discipline book by Daniel Siegel. He also wrote a book on Mindsight. He's a great one to follow too. So... Remember that you can break these the cycle of, of intergenerational trauma. You can do that. And if you're willing to figure out what your style is, this is something you can do successfully. The last thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, whether or not, you know, I want to give you some points of reflection here. Are you misunderstanding positive parenting? All right. So I've given, the, given these positive parenting references before, and I just want to make sure that I put this out there, that positive parenting emphasizes building a strong and supportive relationship with a child. But the thing is, is that some people, they forget that it also involves setting clear and consistent boundaries because some parents, they misunderstand positive parenting as being overly per permissive and then they avoid setting boundaries. And I've actually heard this, right? Or I'm into positive parenting, so timeouts are adversive. Or, you know, this is a, a, a isolative or this is punishing and it's, you know, important to understand that a boundary, even if even if a boundary is uncomfortable to you, right? Like, for example, if Jay says, if I say, hey, can I ask you a question? He says, not right now. And I look at what he's doing and I don't perceive him to be busy. So I think that he's being mean. That's an example of me not liking a boundary, right? 
or if someone says, hey, I have to leave this date early tonight because I have to study, or hey, I can't hang out on the phone with you all night tonight because I need to go to sleep. I have to wake up early for work tomorrow. Those are examples of boundaries. And the BPD brain will maybe say like, okay, well, there's no way that you actually have to sleep. You just don't love me. You just don't like me or care enough about me to stay awake all night and talk to me. All right, so that's an example of how if we're looking at the BPD brain, it's a simplified example. I understand that. But for the purposes of this podcast, that's an example of how the BPD brain would take a boundary and then make it into an emotion, shift the focus, make it about rejection and move forward. And so if you struggle with those you know, areas of your life and then you think, well, I have a child now. I'm bringing this child into the world. Boundaries are uncomfortable for me. So a set, setting a boundary with a child would be uncomfortable. Like putting a child in time out could be very uncomfortable. I know discipline was very uncomfortable for me, right? And sometimes it still is. This morning, my son was supposed to get up at the alarm. He wasn't getting up. And I'm like, can feel the, the, the discomfort mounting. Like, oh my gosh, is he going to be late for school? But he has to do this and this. And he has a basketball game about all the things. And then what do I do? Well, I wait until the point where it's kind of late enough, but not too late. And then I wake him up. And then we have to start all over again tomorrow with figuring out what's a good consequence, a natural consequence for this. How can we help him come up with a plan to do a bit better job of waking up, right? That kind of thing. Instead of going upstairs, waking him up every single day, doing all the things for him, making breakfast, getting his lunch ready. And then on the one day where maybe I can't do that, then getting angry at him that he can't do that and then never having a solution. Right, That's this back and forth between different parenting styles. So I just want to give you some food for thought today. If you're struggling with your child's behavior, if you're worried for your child, really try not to be too quick to get that your child a diagnosis and first start with figuring out what can I do in my household to help my child feel safe, secure, connected, to know what to expect. And if you need support, Check out those resources I talked about with positive parenting. Find a parenting coach. You can reach out and schedule a mindset coaching with me or with Jay. This is something that we do quite often is talk about parenting and help folks in that way. Or you can find a provider that's in your area that you can go to to see whichever resonates with you. But be sure to look into boundaries because they are so key in raising a confident, secure child who has social competency, emotion regulation, self-discipline, and all the things that we need for recovery. All right, everybody, I hope you're having a great holiday month so far, and I'll catch you all next time for another episode of a Monday Mindset Minute. I also have an exciting news coming up for you because we have some recovery stories coming down the pike. So 2024 will be your year of recovery, keep pushing through. And remember, you don't have to wait till Jan 1 to start those resolutions. You can start that today. All right, have a great week. Bye. Are you tired of feeling frustrated, resentful, or disconnected from your family, friends, and partner? Thrive, Mind Body LLC Mindset Coaching and Counseling can help you. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. Again, that's thriveonlinecounseling.com. Mm-hmm.